There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. It's Drive Live with Natalie Lindo Taylor and myself, Emma Brain, on Dubai I 103.8. And it's time to go international as we cross to Mumbai to say hello to Rebecca Bundon this afternoon. And good afternoon to you, Rebecca. I hope you're well. And a story we've been following closely here in the UAE is the floods in Kerala, which sadly led to hundreds of deaths. It sounds like things are gradually starting to recover over there with the main international airport reopening today. So what's the current situation like in Kerala? Yes, Kerala is still getting back on its feet following those floods and the Kochi International Airport, which had been closed since August the 14th because of the flooding and torrential rains in Kerala, reopened today. These were the severe floods that claimed about 400 lives in the state in South India. The floods did recede last week, but it's still very much feeling the effects of these devastating floods, which left hundreds of thousands of people displaced. A lot of homes uh, were damaged or destroyed in the floods flooding, people's possessions completely destroyed in some cases, roads damaged and so on. But yes, we did see that uh, the the airport has uh, reopened uh, the first flight coming in from uh, Ahmedabad in Gujarat uh, to Kochi. That was the first flight in a couple of weeks to land there. Um, And then a number of other flights scheduled to to land throughout the day. So so that is getting back to normal. Um, At the same time, uh, we are seeing the Congress president, the the, uh, opposition Congress, uh, President Rahul Gandhi, he's on a two-day tour of flood-affected areas in Kerala, and he's been visiting uh, relief camps uh, there in some of the areas that have been worst affected uh, by those floods. So relief operations are continuing in Kerala, and there was still a lot of efforts underway to try to prevent the outbreak of disease, which is a, a major concern at the moment. There's still a lot of work to be done in Kerala as it continues to recover from this huge natural disaster, which was uh, widely described as the worst flooding to hit the state in a century. And it isn't just Kerala that suffered this monsoon season. I understand that floods in other parts of India have also claimed a lot of lives. The floods in Kerala were particularly bad, given the number of people that they impacted. But yes, other parts of India have been severely affected by flooding too. In fact, uh, there were figures released by India's Home Ministry this week that revealed that 993 people have been killed uh, due to floods in the country this monsoon season. The monsoon season uh, starts in June uh, and runs for for four months. Um, And in India, the states of Uttar Pradesh, uh, West Bengal, Assam and also Karnataka, they've also been uh, very badly hit by floods and a lot of lives have been lost there. And sadly, it's the case that every year in India, we do see a lot of deaths during the monsoon season. And this always leads to questions about whether more could be done or should be done to prevent the, uh, the loss of life in India. And we've also spoken about WhatsApp and the lynchings that have been taking place across India linked to rumours spread on the social media platform. And it sounds like the Indian government and WhatsApp aren't really seeing eye to eye on this matter at all. Of course, uh, the Indian government had asked uh, WhatsApp to come up with a solution to stop rumours being spread and to see if there was anything they could do about it. Can you tell us more about the issue, Rebecca? WhatsApp is still proving to be very controversial in India following the spate of mob violence that's taken place in the country. That's resulted in the deaths of more than 20 people in the last 
couple of months or so. These have been cases where there have been attacks which have been caused by false information being spread on social media. For example, messages about child kidnappings, and that's led to panic among groups of people. And then um, certain innocent uh, victims have been targeted uh, and killed and killed in these uh, horrific uh, uh, attacks, uh, mob, mob violence attacks. Um, so India's government has said that it wants WhatsApp to trace hoax messages to try to to, to crack down on this problem. Um, But WhatsApp, which is owned by Facebook, says that it won't trace messages on the app. And that's because of the the private nature of uh, of the app, of the the service that it offers. It doesn't want to to do that. Now, India is WhatsApp's largest market globally. There are more than 200 million uh, users in India. It's it's incredibly uh, popular uh, among the population. We've seen a lot of people um, getting smartphones for the first time, getting uh, internet access for the for the first time um, via their smartphones, uh, and using WhatsApp sometimes, in some cases, as, as their main source of information uh, and news, and perhaps not questioning um, the message they're, messages they're reading and so on. Um, so officials at India's Information Technology Ministry uh, say that they want WhatsApp to continue uh, to look look at various technical solutions to uh, this huge problem uh, of, of fake news. Um, WhatsApp, uh, in response, is saying that it, it does want to continue focusing on educating people in India on how to identify hoax messages. For example, um, it recently took out full-page adverts in uh, in the major newspapers in the country uh, to warn people um, about fake news and how to uh, spot um, hoax messages uh, and rumours that, that are being spread um, on the app. But certainly it seems that the government really wants uh, WhatsApp to be doing um, a lot more and taking a much more active role in, in, in trying to uh, address this problem that's affected India. And finally, on a more positive note, India might not be too far away from launching its first manned mission. Is this correct? India does seem to be moving closer to its first manned space flight. So now we know that the plan is to send three people into space for five to seven days. Uh, and the spacecraft is to, is going to be placed in a low Earth orbit of about um, up to 400 kilometres from the Earth's surface. Uh, we heard um, Mr Modi, Narendra Modi, the, uh, the Indian Prime Minister, uh, in his Independence Day speech earlier this month say that he uh, he planned uh, uh, to put an Indian in space by 2022. That's the, the country's goal at the moment and it certainly looks like it is um, now moving uh, towards this with the latest information that's come from the Indian uh, Space uh, Research Organisation. Um, so now definitely it looks like they'll have to, to begin the process of selecting three astronauts for India's first manned space flight um, to allow them enough time to train 
for that uh, 2022 um, mission. Now, India, it's it's definitely um, uh, been uh, rapidly increasing its space capabilities over the years and trying to to play a larger role uh, globally um, in this sector. Um, what it's become known for is its space missions that are conducted on uh, a relatively low budget. Um, for example, Narendra Modi, uh, the Prime Minister, has, uh, has pointed out that India's mission to Mars a few years ago came in at, loss, uh, at less than the cost uh, of making the, the Hollywood uh, film Gravity. But yes, a manned space mission would uh, definitely be a, be a huge leap forward for India in, in terms of its space capabilities. There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com.